The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Welcome into another Arrowhead Pride emergency podcast on the bye week Pete Sweeney the editor-in-chief for arrowheadpride.com joined by our lead film analyst Ron Cop Jr. We have our podcast producer Steve Serta on with us and the news of the day no bye week is quiet in Kansas City the news of the day is that the Chiefs go and and make a big time move for a player with a big name that's been a little underwhelming wide receiver Kadarius Tony coming to the Chiefs uh, from the New York Giants in exchange for a compensatory third round pick and a sixth round pick in 2023. First thing I want to do here on the emergency podcast, and go to you, Steve, because you're my raw reaction guy. You just talked about before we got on how you were heading to lunch on this beautiful bye week Thursday and <laughs> you had to turn your ass around. So, what was your immediate reaction to this deal, Tony, to the Chiefs? I was just like this damn team. No, <laughs> no time off is safe right now over the Chiefs by. No, it's. I I think it is an exciting move and it's an intriguing move. Um, you know, Tony is a player that kind of worries me a little bit because he's had problems staying on the field because of injuries, and then it seems like there's been a lot of kind of discourse back and forth with the regime that drafted him and the new regime and like him not being able to like even get on the field at times when he is healthy. And so he's shown plenty of upside when he is healthy. And that's a very limited sample size at this point, but I do think he offers the chief something that they need. And that's a guy who can separate from man coverage. And that's something that we've seen them struggle a little bit with this, this season, uh, just with the bodies that they have at wide receiver. And he's a young player who's on his rookie deal. So it's a cost-effective move. And we knew the chiefs weren't going to keep all 12 of those draft picks. So at the end of the day, if it works out, Brett Veach is going to look really smart. And if it doesn't, then they'll just move on from him after his rookie contract. Ron, I know after the last 20 or 30 minutes, you've watched some some film on Tony, and I do want to get to that. But first, what is your raw reaction to the deal? Yeah, you know, when I first saw the compensation, um, you know, uh, the conditional third for for someone that, you know, has sort of just laid out, you know, he, he struggled to stay on the field, someone we haven't seen really at all this year and has only really had one big game in his entire career after being the first round pick last year. The, the 10 catches, 189 yards he had against Dallas that, 
you know, it, it is impressive highlights and it, it is what makes me excited and, and what makes this move, you know, one that I, I do think it is a little hard to see exactly how he comes in right away and has any sort of a voluminous role. I think, you know, you, you have some, some spot roles and, and specific plays, you know, you know, quick, RP, you know, those RPO slants they run, you know, that's an easy thing for him to do, you know, quick screens, you know, out in the flat, get him in space and utilize that, that, you know, ability. I see that, but it does kind of feel like more of a long-term thing. That's why maybe the, the, the compensation was that high. Cause you do have a guy for the, uh, the next two to three years, depending on that fifth year option um, because of the first round draft pick. So I don't know. I, I like the swing, you know, even if it doesn't yeah. amount to much right away, it, it, it's a good swing for Veach. And it's one that I'm surprised we didn't see coming, you know, Veach former first round pick. This is, his, this is his kind of thing. Yeah. I think when, when I first saw this, I, felt like what the hell because i i think we had all subscribed to the fact that you know when you see quinn go to the the eagles not that it has anything to do with receivers necessarily but i i just think we wrote off the idea of the chiefs trading for a big name i i would consider a former 20 20th overall pick in the first round last year a big name now it's been disappointing these this past year and a half and i, I think as you're seeing some of the reviews from fans come come in this is where the negative fans are, are leaning on like why are you tra- i've seen the joke a lot already why are they trading for a, a glass receiver i think that uh, those people that are disappointed with the move of sending a three six for tony a think that the chiefs are now out on the obj sweepstakes which is not the case and i'll tell you why and that's b is like this is a movement and because it's a big name people are like well you know whose snaps is he going to take i don't know how much about 2022 this is about like that's where where I think you can start to see the the upside here. And I, I did tweet out a thread and I want to go through some of the points here. Generally, I think this is a low risk, high upside move, given the fact that the receiver could potentially be with the Chiefs if he does get healthy through 2025. You have that fifth year option now as well. So this is a player that's going to be with the Chiefs for a long time. And it's for a low salary. I mean, you're not really paying him all that much. And if you don't want the fifth year option, you don't want the fifth year option. The, the cap number never hits above $3 million. And the Chiefs really like this guy. From what I have heard and talking to people that are inside the building, they were very, very high on him ahead of last year's NFL draft. And because of COVID and because of, I believe it was an oblique strain and a hamstring. I mean, Tony has just not been able to stay on the field. I mean, how often do the Chiefs say, we trust Rick Burkholder. We trust his training staff. And so I think there's going to be a let's get him right process. Like, I don't you know, he hasn't played in a while. I don't, I don't think they're going to necessarily rush him on the field. And if you're worried about the future, well, the Chiefs still have eight picks in the 2023 NFL draft. That includes a first rounder, second rounder, third rounder, two fourth rounders. They think they they may end up getting two compensatory picks as well. So it could still be 10 picks. And if you look at the wide receivers under contract for 2023, Listen to these names, Marquez Valdez-Scantling, Sky Moore, Justin Ross, and now Tony. There's no guarantees that Juju or McCole Hardman are necessarily going to be here uh, next year. And then, as you were saying, Ron, I I think it does fall under the the Veach special. And I used an example of Sammy Watkins. Now, it's not a one-for-one. Sammy Watkins, at the time of his signing, had done things in the NFL and really showed that he could be that guy on the big stage. But I think the energy there is the same in the idea that I believe Brett Veach and the personnel staff with the Chiefs identified that Tony isn't right a blue chip player right now. He hasn't been on the field, but he could be right. He's six feet. He runs a sub four 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 three nine at the the Florida Pro Day, 
And I, I think they're taking a not so much compensation back to the Giants chance to go get him. When you talk about a compensatory third round pick, you're actually talking about a fourth round pick in, in a sense. It's not it's not a real third rounder. When you look at in the course of history, those picks happen after the round. And so I just I feel OK about it. I don't think it's a big deal for for 2022 you know I, I don't think this is a move for 2022 i think this is a move for the future which is why you can be comfortable in knowing that the chiefs are still going to be involved in what will be the obj sweepstakes we're starting to find out that he's not going to be ready till early december so i expect that to pick up uh, in a week or two after the bye week certainly so steve I'll, I'll go back to you before we go to ron for the film analysis hearing all that how do you feel about about the move well, I think what you said there about the Chiefs training staff is a really important component to all of this because he is a player who's shown legit dynamic upside here in the NFL, but he's really struggled to stay on the field. And the Chiefs have one of the best training staffs in football. Like we talk about it every single year. And so they have to go to those guys and say, can we keep him healthy and keep him on the field and make sure he's able to play for us? And Rick Burkholder and that staff were like, yeah, like we'll, we'll get it. We'll get him right. Because we know that some of these NFL training staffs aren't, uh, aren't necessarily the, uh, the best teams in football. And cough, when, chargers. Trying, cough, cough. Yeah. When trying to <laughs> keep their guys healthy. Yeah. So yeah, I, I think that's a really important component here. Um, I think that he is going to have an opportunity to return punts right away and contribute there because I don't think there was a chance the Chiefs were going to come out of this bye week with Sky Moore as their punt returner moving forward, just based on what we've seen from him so far this year. But yeah, it's I hadn't even really thought about the Justin Ross component of it. If he comes back and is healthy and looks like that player that he was in college when he was at his peak, and I still think that Sky Moore's got a ton of upside, all of a sudden you're talking about this wide receiver core that was kind of going through an overhaul this offseason – and all of a sudden they're young again, they're young and they all have a bunch of upside if they're healthy, which is a big if, but man, Patrick Mahomes is making it work with a lot of different people this season. And you give him these young, inexpensive playmakers and it gives the chiefs the ability to go out and continue to build the roster in other places. Plus they've got this defensive youth that they're building now. And it's hard not to feel good about where the chiefs are going here in the neck in the near future. And over the next couple of years. I do have to, you know, go with the the one negative point here, and that's like the Giants have had a lot of receiver issues, right? Sometimes you you look back at the, team, the teams that have are trading the player, and I think we especially do that here in Kansas City as we have been dealing with this Orlando Brown Jr. situation. It's like, what did that team maybe know that that the Chiefs didn't know? And so there's always that factor factor, but like much unlike the Orlando Brown deal. I mean, it's just not as much compensation. I talked about the three, the comp three and, and the six. So that's where it becomes low risk. And this does fit under, I think the, the guys of the, the Veach special, it's just, we don't see this recent of a first rounder usually come to Kansas city where I think this is a different type of each special because we just don't know as much, I think about this player. And that could be a good thing because usually when we are talking about, again, I'm going to say it one more time, the beach special, it's a player that didn't really work out in another place, but they had a real opportunity to be healthy on the field. It's not good that he's been sort of sickly slash unhealthy for a year and a half. But I think where you can look into the positive of that is to me, it's still a, 
a hidden door in a way. And Ron, you, you jumped into the film. There have been times when he really has flashed as being, you know, as they say, that that dude in the NFL. Absolutely. I mean, you mentioned the low the low 40 time that he had the sub four four. I mean, he was a first round pick for a reason. Um, right. And and and, and it, the Giants, a lot of people tried to clown the Giants for taking him there. But it came out later that they took him there because they felt like a lot of other teams were trying to get him. And, and the Chiefs could have been one, obviously, um, later in that first round. So that 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 is the thing with him. And, and I, I do want to make something clear, though. I, I think it's easy to say or you see a guy, you know, that that's, you know, fast and, and electric in the open field and think, okay, does this mean something for McCole Hardman's role in the offense? Well, I think they are pretty, uh, you know, it, it's pretty, they're, they're different players. It's, it's not very close um, in similarity wise, in my opinion, you know, Hardman is very good at the straight ahead speed stuff. And that's why he's really good on those jet sweeps. And, and obviously on the vertical routes, when he does get loose, um, going down the field, you know, Tony does have that, that low uh, 40 speed, but it, it's he, he's not the same kind of vertical threat. He's not a guy that's going to just be, you know, straight ahead speed, building, you know, building momentum and speed as he goes. He's, he's more of a short burst, quick area kind of guy. And that's where I, I think, you know, maybe some of the quick screen stuff, you mentioned screen passes, uh, you know, as, as a way to maybe get the ball in his hands that, yeah, that could take away from what McColl does a little bit. But in terms of the jet sweeps, again, you know, being that vertical presence, uh, may, maybe even being a decoy down the field, I, I think Hardman's more, you know, fits that role still. And that's, and that's what he's been doing. So I, I think you'll see more of that, but the underneath stuff is where I think Tony can contribute, you know, on a quick slant, I do think he can create that separation that, you know, he, and, and they run those, those RPO slants. We've seen Juju succeed on recently. They've tried to get sky more going on those. And that's where you maybe think, okay. And, and this was an, another thought I had maybe right away is like, is this a response to maybe sky not coming along as quick as they, as they want? I think I, I, I push back on that. Um, my own initial thought, um, just because I, I, I don't think, you know, I, I don't think just because Moore's not picking it up right now is Tony supposed to come in and pick it up any quicker. So that's where I don't think it necessarily impacts McColl's role or necessarily Skies. I mean, maybe Tony eats into Skies limited snaps a little more, on, on, again, on those quick throws, on those slants, on those quick screens that we've seen, like the end of the Raiders game, if, if we remember, um, you know, Sky got involved on a quick, a couple of quick screens. So I, I, I think right now I'm not sure exactly how it impacts the rest of the offensive players. I think he'll just get sprinkled in as the season goes. And, you know, the D'Anthony Thomas packages, you know, I, I think he's yeah. a better player than D'Anthony Thomas. But those back in the day where you'd think all of a sudden D'Anthony Thomas is getting a quick screen out of nowhere and you'd like, where did that come from? I think that could maybe be how he gets involved right away. But I agree with Serta. I do think he could be the punt returner right away. I, I don't see why not, right? That's just a way to get him. And he's had experience doing it, obviously, more than Sky Moore, someone who didn't even do it in college. So, that's why I think maybe the the best uh, the the quickest way we could see him contribute is is in special teams. Yeah, I thought of something while you, while you were talking, Ron, and and I I tend to agree. I don't I don't know how much it's going to eat into McColl's role. However, it could. Could you imagine yeah. being McColl Hardman right now? Yeah, like, you, yeah. Drafted in the second round by the Chiefs, then you think Tyreek Hill may not play all year, and he gets no games suspended. <laughs> so your role is kind of not going to be at least with the offense right away. Then you watch Tyreek Hill become, let's be honest, we can be honest here, right? This is just us, us three talking. He's one of the best receivers in the NFL. Meanwhile, Travis Kelsey's on the team eating your targets. You're like, okay, I just got to stay the path. Got to play my role. Eventually, one of these guys will leave. He'll leaves via trade. And the Chiefs bring in Juju Smith-Schuster and Marquez Ellis an established deep threat and a pretty good possession receiver. So, again, your, your snaps and your touches are limited. Then what do you do? You're like, okay, I'm, you know, I'm just going to try to stay positive. I'm going to keep working. You just have the best game of your career. You know, I'm, right. I'm going to have the best game of my career. 
I'm going to score three touchdowns. No one in history, no one in NFL history has, has played the wide receiver position has ever had two rushing touchdowns and a receiving touchdown in the game. And then what did the Chiefs do? They go trade for another receiver that could eat into your goal. I mean, the 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 ability for this man to stay positive has has been, I think, just very impressive in in my mind. I want to go to the fan reaction of this deal. We put up a poll so far uh, at Arrowhead Pride with the announcement of the uh, trade for Kadarius Tony, and usually it takes about a thousand votes for the the vote to not move as much. That usually gives us a good glimpse into what the Chiefs fans are thinking about it. So right now we have 2,400 votes and it's a 71% approval rate, 29% uh, non-approval rate. So about three fourths of Chiefs fans are happy about this thing. And a, and a fourth are not that happy and not to push back on the fans that are unhappy because, you know, not every fan is going to like every single move, but I, I just, I just don't think there's a ton of, of risk involved just because the Chiefs should still have about, you know, eight to 10 picks in the NFL draft. So I, I think that's where I would push back. Does those 29% surprise you, Steve, of, of Chiefs fans not being thrilled about this? No, because uh, I, I do think there's worry about it, right? And because of the injury well, issues and things like there that. Has, there, I mean, for, correct me if I'm wrong here. There, there, was there an attitude issue in New York with Tony? So that I think that's kind of the problem, too, is that, you know, uh, and I don't even blame him for Joe Judge and dealing with that coaching staff. No, I probably no. wouldn't want to play for that guy Every, either. Look at Danny Dimes right now. I think everybody it's, gets a pass with right. Joe Judge. Yeah. But there was like rumblings of like questioning his work ethic and how much he was really invested in picking up the playbook and, you know, going through film and doing all the things that you need to do at the NFL level to succeed and become like a premier kind of player. And that was last year with Joe judge, which we know that was one of the worst coaching staffs in NFL history. Like they were just awful, awful. And this year, Brian Dable looks like he has put together a really good staff and they're having a really good season, but it never felt like Kadarius Tony was even a part of their plan. So that worries me. But again, I think it comes back to you're taking a bet on the culture of your locker room, on the leadership of Patrick Mahomes and the leadership of Andy Reid and Travis Kelsey and, and the guys that are already established winners in this locker room and saying, we'll get him up to speed. We'll, we'll, we'll make him a better NFL uh, wide receiver and we will get the most out of him. And if you don't, it didn't really cost you that much. So hopefully it works out. But the Chiefs are just betting on their situation and their circumstances here to get the most out of a player who's had an up and down NFL career in only a year and a half. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking at Twitter right now and there are three tweets I, I want to talk about before we, we wrap this thing up here. Kadarius Tony tweeted a minute ago, all caps, Chiefs kingdom, baby, red and yellow heart prayer emoji thank you god so my man <laughs> my man wanted out of new york uh, and or and uh, by extension new jersey which is which is telling i mean this is a team that's actually taking the league by storm right now tony has been hurt he hasn't had a role yeah and so i, I think that uh obviously happy to get out of that situation patrick mahomes tweeted out a gif of the rock smiling so he approves which you know we only have the the 71% Arrowhead Pride approval, but Mahomes, it seems like it's 100% approval. One thing that you should know about Mahomes, this is just a, a worthy reminder in these situations, is Veach and Pat talk a lot. Like, 
these deals don't happen unless Pat also is on board and, and likes the player. Like the, they're very in sync. You know, that that's a and that's a good thing that you know we have seen other teams, hey Seattle, Green Bay, etc., don't have. And so that's always smart to remember here. And then the third tweet I just wanted to read to you guys. And this came from Jordan Schultz, who has really broken a lot of stories recently. I just feel like I see his name popping up more and more with with some of these stories. He broke the Tony news today. Uh, definitely worth noting that the Chiefs loved Tony coming out of the draft. We mentioned that. Felt like he is super electric talent that Mahomes would maximize. Uh, that speed next to McCall Hardman is yet another layer for DCs to, to scheme for. And uh, Schultz added that there's a chance Tony can play next weekend. And as I was saying, again, I don't know if that'll be true. I don't know if that, that'll come to pass. I think the Chiefs will be smart here. Trent McDuffie, I watched look pretty good on the field for two weeks and then he didn't play in back-to-back games like this is that type of player they don't need him right away but man if you can get him a hundred percent by the end of the year and now he's suddenly your I think it would be fair to call right Ron like your fourth receiver behind because Juju MBS Hardman and then I would, I would put Tony ahead of more and maybe you know depend well, I guess we still have to see what more but certainly it, it seems like he would touch the ball before Justin Watson so you have a, a, a stronger wide receiver room depth wise. And again, if he's a hundred percent, you got to feel pretty good about the chief's chances in the playoffs and maximizing all these, these guys on the field. Right, Ron? Yeah. Well, I, I do think it's interesting to talk a little bit about the, the sky more part of this, because yeah. I mean, if sky Moore is doing the things that maybe some of us maybe thought he could do in training camp or even the guy, you know, the people that were excited coming out of the draft, I mean, if he was doing those at a more consistent basis, do they make this move, right? I, I, I do think there is maybe a little something too. okay, we're not maybe getting that same just kind of lightning in a bottle, okay, limited, you know, maybe make a, a big play out of a quick pass kind of roll from Sky. I think they've tried, and they have kind of forced the ball a little bit to him, in my opinion, over the last couple of weeks, especially Mahomes, in my opinion. I think there's times where he's really looking at Sky, really trying to get him the ball, even if he's thrown it or not thrown it. And so is there something to I, I I'm kind of asking the question because, you know, I, I think it's a little early to say, OK, you know, sky's not catching on. Let's let's try to find someone else can do what he's doing. So that's where I, I don't maybe buy into this as hard. But at the same time, if sky was doing those things that we kind of think he could, do they even feel the need to make this move? We have this rookie receiver that already does this. So that's where, you know, I I do think there maybe is something interesting to that. But then at the same time, I, the long term point is true, right? Like that, that this could just be a long term play. But I, I think we see it right out the gate. You know, Jordan Schultz report that he could play right away is, is, is pretty, you know, um, that, that's something that makes me kind of think, you know, I'm, I'm curious to see, you know, if does he come out and, and take Sky's, you know, snaps in the offense? So I don't know. That's what I'm, that's probably the most interesting thing to me coming out of this that I want to see when the games start back. Well, as long as he's healthy, I mean, you've seen the opposing defenses have played a lot of man coverage against the Chiefs. It's just, I, you know, I think it's another threat of like maybe trying to prevent them from doing that as much as they have, which at times this year we've seen the the Chiefs struggle with. So we shall see what happens now. I, again, I, I think the Chiefs will still be involved in those OBJ sweepstakes, and we will see it how it plays out. But, you know, I think putting on a bow on this, I've said it a few times, I just think it's a, another beach special, another low-risk, high-reward deal, and you hope for Chiefs fans and readers of Arrowhead Pride that it's more the high upside than a risky thing that, that fizzles out that we've seen before you know, with some of these moves that the Chiefs have made. All right, so thank you to our lead analyst, Ron Kopp. Thank you to our Arrowhead Pride podcast producer, Steven Serta. I'm Pete Sweeney. This has been another edition of the Arrowhead Pride Emergency Podcast.